Hello and welcome. My name is Yves Sanford. We are on our September episode of the VCD Roundtable, September 2021. Um, for those who are potentially at one point in the future actually looking for the older recordings. Um, the VCD Roundtable consists of several people who are uh, more or less constant and here every week, uh, plus a few people who are going to join us from week to week from either third party vendors or different business units within VMware. And that gives me the wonderful chance to start off with the uh, round of introductions. Let's uh, Start off with the uh, usual suspects who are here more or less every week, or Daniel, so far you were here every week, so I'm handing over to you first. Hey everybody, Daniel Paluzic, I'm part of the VMware uh, Cloud Provider Solutions Architecture team. Pass it over to Jörg. Um, yeah, Jörg Gave. I'm a technical product manager at VMware's Cloud Provider Business Unit. And Jörg, in good favor, you can choose who's next. Uh, yeah, well, that will be Toby, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Jörg. Hi, Tobias <laughs> Baschek, part of the Com Division Consulting uh, as a solution architect, mainly for NSXT and vCloud Director. Handing over to Vlad. Thank you. Uh, guys, thank you for having me here with you. Vladimir Strakov, uh, currently R&D Director for vCloud, uh, for VMware Cloud Director Availability. Uh, based in Sofia, Bulgaria, and I will hand over to uh, to Kirill. Hey folks, my name is Kirill Krestev and I am product owner for uh, VMware Cloud, Cloud Director Availability. Uh, so, handing over to Nikolai. Hey everyone, my name is Nikolai Patrikov and uh, similarly to York, I'm also a technical product manager. So I think that's all. So today, as you might guess from the list of guests, we are going to talk a bit about cloud director availability. And it's, I think it's, it's interesting overall. Um, my team does a lot of uh, cloud director implementations all around the globe. And it's, it's again and again interesting that we find service providers who in the second or third design meeting actually come up as like, how do we get customer workloads from on-prem into the cloud in the first place? And we go, it's like, yeah, we just implement uh, cloud director availability. So um, where, um, where uh, does the, the question come from? And it's interesting to see that um, on one end, what I heard several times, it's, it's not necessarily only a communication issue from VMware. It, it, some of them feel that their existing backup solution or something like that offers similar or easier approaches to it. And then we start talking about is like, yeah, but as long as you use it for migration, it's, it's relatively straightforward. Customers don't need to implement vendor XYZ first in their on-prem environment. They can just actually download an OVA and, and, and get started. And, and maybe I take that as a starting point. Um, whoever wants to talk about that is, um, do you see similar things or, 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 I mean, you are coming, coming in as the, as the team, but Daniel, how do you see that out there in the field? Um, demand for VCDA, do people um, know about the product already or um, should we potentially even start off with a discussion about what VCDA does in the first place and um, maybe kick it off with that? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna let the team kind of uh, sum up what the value of VCDA is, but right now um, from a field perspective, uh, I, I, it's, it, VCDA goes hand in hand with Cloud Director. So every net new install that we're doing or anybody that uses Cloud Director is deploying Cloud Director availability. So uh, Vlad, I'm not gonna steal the team's thunder. Um, I, I want you to kind of speak through maybe, yep. maybe the history of Cloud Director availability and you know this organic growth that we've experienced um, yeah. within the platform. Okay, sure. Thank you, Daniel. So uh, definitely, it's uh, history-wise, it's a very interesting story. I will not cover it all because maybe we'll take the whole <laughs> uh, the whole session. But uh, you know, I'm coming from the DR uh, business back when I started in VMware, uh, starting with VCR application back then. Uh, and in the last years, when VCD started to be our you know cloud solution, uh, we saw that there is a you know a need for a solution that is built for the cloud provider because taking something that is built from on-prem 
it's kind of a very hard and uh, you know uh, very challenging to fit into a, a solution that the cloud provider should firstly operate, maintain, monitor, and of course provide a service out of it. So this is the beginning of VCDA. Uh, we had several names uh, in this, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years already. Uh, we started with uh, cloud VMware Cloud Availability. Now we have uh, the brand new name, hopefully will stay for uh, with us uh, longer. Uh, and yet, yet again, the use cases we uh, want to cover and the product is currently cover uh, is, as uh, Yves said, uh, onboarding migration. This is one of the use cases that we support both from the on-prem vSphere-based customers to a cloud provider that is running VCD and, of course, VCDA. The other use case is for sure DR. Again, from the vSphere on-prem, a customer can just download one OVA file, deploy it in their vSphere. Through the vSphere UI, we have a, a, a tight integration also with vSphere UI. We have a plugin there, and with the just right click of a button, uh, the tenant can uh, basically protect uh, the workload or migrate the workload to the cloud provider. And then comes the another bigger use case, big use case for us. It's uh, we call it cloud to cloud. So the provider can have several sites, uh, even can have a different kind of topologies out there. And I will just cover it uh, uh, shortly. But imagine you can have two cloud sites uh, with two VCD instances running uh, there. For example, one in San Francisco, one in uh, in Boston then you can provide the tenants the ability to protect their workloads that are running in this cloud site, for example, in Boston to, to San Francisco, and of course, uh, vice versa from San Francisco to Boston. So we have the concept that every site can be both source of a replication or migration or a destination. So we don't limit uh, in, in any way. So you can have the sites designed in a way that can be both protected or uh, a target for uh, uh, for the protection and the third use case uh, of course it's interesting one it's uh, our recent development in let's say the last five to six months we shipped uh, a version 4.2 that now supports also a migration uh, for our cds customers so if you instance in uh, running their uh, their the vcloud director as a service you can basically take uh, VCDA and do, uh, we call it a tenant uh, managed solution. You can uh, get this one, deploy it in, in your CDS, IC uh, in VMC, and basically allow your tenants to migrate to your CDS instance, or of course also uh, your VCD on-prem can be a source for a migration. So if you have also a VCD and you want to get um, let's say asset light on the on your data center, you can move some of the workloads in your uh, on-prem VCD uh, to CDS instance in VMC. Uh, and yeah, maybe just uh, another one is uh, a recent development is an interesting one, maybe for the migration and onboarding. Uh, we see that many customers are looking for a solution for, and I don't know, on-prem, uh, uh, many VMs that are building kind of an application for them, and they have to make it happen that this application can continue running, even though they are, you know, migrating some part of it or the whole uh, application to, to a cloud provider. And there comes uh, the L2. So if you can stretch the L2 network between your on-prem and, uh, and your cloud uh, provider, this way you can basically do the migration much more uh, robust, much more, um, how to say, uh, easy because you can then plan, okay, I would then move first my database. Uh, I, I move the database, I have the to stretch, IPs are there. So with a really small downtime, I can have the database migrated on the cloud side and keep the application up and running. Uh, in two days, I can move the some of the uh, app servers, application servers, and later on, I can move maybe the, the, the web servers or whatever is uh, building up this application. So we already have that uh, support uh, in the, the recent version, again, 4.2. Uh, we support this L2 stretch and both cases that provider can have still NSXV. It's still out there. <laughs> it's a little bit sticky product, but yeah, uh, we support both NSXV on the on the uh, cloud side and also NSXT for a newer and modern uh, provider environments 
you can uh, both uh, use NSXV or NSXT on the cloud side and still do the auto stretch uh, to your uh, on-prem vSphere and migrate this way. So yeah, this is kind of a very high level overview of the product and the main use cases we, we cover with VCTA. I, I could actually add a real use case we had at a provider uh, a few months back uh, on top of it. They actually, let's call it that way, they try to implement NSXT in a very interesting way in their infrastructure. Um, and their interesting way was they implemented NSXT only on the vSphere side and didn't configure it in VCD. And we're already wondering for a few months what, what's going on? Yeah. Why, why, why none of the network configuration was automatically taken over from one yeah. to another? So the only fix to actually do that is it was actually to create a new provider VDC and everything else. Yep. And in that case, we get we we told them it's like look, it's like the 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 easiest way is just use VCDA and actually move your customers from one side of your data center over to the other and then shift your servers over, because everything yeah. else is is an aftermath. So it can actually also come in as a as a helper if you if you have an infrastructure issue or something else. As you said, it's like that's really more the cloud to cloud. And what I like there is you can do this even within one cloud director instance because that yep, correct challenge with some of the other vendor solutions um, is sometimes they only work um, if you have two completely separated and standalone instances. And yep. that's not always the case. It's like we have yeah. enough places where we where we need to do that uh, separately. Yeah, to complete here, in the first versions, by the way, in a VCDA, uh, we didn't realize that. And the first versions uh, we had in, in our mindset that a, a site is a VCD with some backing vCenters, and that's it. But there, the reality is a different, uh, different thing. We, we see a provider that built uh, uh, their geographically uh, located sites, having their vCenters there, running in, the, in this, uh, for example, two or three geos, and they built one VCD that manages all these three sites, for example. And they said, okay, but I want to migrate from and or replicate from here to there, but I have only one VCD. And uh, I think it was 3.0 uh, or 3.5, uh, no, 3.0 uh, VCDA that starts support this topology. So now you can have a different PVDCs uh, in one VCD, and then you can replicate between them. And this, this allows you, and migrate, of course. And this allows you to have your, Current setup with the current topology, with the current uh, you know geo distributed uh, sites, and only one VCD managing them. And you mentioned also the uh, if you have something to maintain, it's also very useful. If you want to bring something down, you can migrate uh, or fail over some of your stuff in the uh, on the other side, and then do the maintenance or whatever is there on on your current site, and then bring the workloads back. So also we see the cloud to cloud use case useful for, for such maintenance or some other evacuation uh, purposes. And uh, definitely this is a use case we see also in the customers. Well, the, the, the only question is when will we have the full capability that we can actually uh, do live migrations? <laughs> okay, the live migration is an uh, interesting story. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, likes it. Uh, the, question is that, uh, you know, wife migration is a very cool feature. Uh, it looks like, you know, very nice. I don't know how much uh, of, of these use cases are out there, by the way, if you can give us uh, some quantitative number, it will really help us. But for sure, we are looking into life migration. There are several options. I know uh, there are products that that doing that. And for sure, VCDA as a product, we uh, focus primarily migrations and DR and protections. And we try to uh, put more and more features in both directions. And uh, live migration is definitely on our, uh, in our uh, roadmap. We're looking into a way how we can provide uh, such, such uh, uh, functionality. My real question is how feasible in, in, the, in terms of uh, not the technology, but the environments, networks and everything out there and if I have, I don't have much data points and much customer feedback to see how much success we can have with this because it's really, really nice. You know, just say migrate and VM migrates, everything is live. The the, the VM is is running. You can even work on it. Uh, cool, nice. But 
do we have uh, the providers that can support and have all these uh, networks and all that environments that can support this because uh, vMotion and all that stuff requires, you know, some kind of a, a, a top-notch environments. And I don't know how big of a market uh, share is that, but for sure we are looking into ways how we can provide it. And I, I know that this is one of a one of the two or three top features that customers are even going to VCDA team and asking for those. I think it's it's to be to be fair is um, um, and I have a colleague here with me in Münster who runs a lot of our VMC on AWS projects, especially also in public sector and and really for some larger customers at the moment. And it's always it always starts off in the POC with we need to live migrate everything. And as they walk down, more or less walk down the aisle of actually, hey, we are getting more to the target. It gets more and more. It's like, yeah, we really can get most of this done with byte migration. And that's where I think it's, it, to be realistic, I think for most people, it's most likely really in the end going to be a checkpoint feature. Uh -huh. Because how often do you really need this? And, and again, we are talking... In most cases, the use cases where I've seen service providers use VCDA from a migration perspective is very often if they were dealing with, let's say, the typical SMB customers. And for the typical SMB customers, A, the service provider, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about bandwidth and everything else, but the challenge is, does the customer have enough bandwidth? Exactly. Uh, the, the tenant is the, the, the issue because I, if I have some, uh, you know, a small to medium business, I'm pretty sure that, uh, of course, they can uh, get some line direct to the to the provider maybe at some point, but in most cases, let's say in the majority of the cases, I think they have a not poor, but quite normal connection. I mean, network bandwidth uh, to, to the provider and, in, and having this feature requires uh, much more. And I don't know, you know, the question is uh, if this can bring us uh, a consumption of 80% or 20% or even less, I don't know. So this is, uh, but in any way, you, you are right. Maybe it can be a, a checkbox feature, but for sure we are looking you know, you know, into a ways how we can uh, have this in the product because migration is uh, very, very strategic for us. And definitely we will invest a lot in, in, in the future releases. We added now L2, which is, I, I think a prerequisite for the live migration. And then we can continue and hopefully we can have that. And I, I think it's it's to a certain degree. It's also sometimes I, I look at it where we talk to service providers. It's it's sometimes it's they just want to have let's say at least feature parity or equal equality with what people can get on VMC and some of the other platforms. They um, whereas again I'm not 100% sure if if all of that actually um, uh, if there is really as you say the use case. I would rather say we we we. Um, should more look into, um, can we do something more on the compression side? Can we help with bandwidth throttling for us, especially for DR cases for customers in really bandwidth, um, um, yep. uh, small, small bandwidth scenarios. However, it's like whenever I hear that in Germany now uh, or in Europe here, we have to tend to tell customers it's like that problem is gone. Elon Musk was here and actually brought our satellites. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that we actually, um, even in a country like Germany, is, is, is I have uh, a lot of discussions where people say it's like all these cloud things are cool, but we don't get the internet bandwidth where I need to say now it's like, that's no longer a problem. It's just a problem if you can actually get a satellite dish set up because then we can get that solved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, inter it's really interesting on, on uh, and we have this. Toby has one at his side. Uh, uh, one or two other colleagues of us have that now too. So we have this um, across our company combined with SD-WAN in, in, in use. And the results are far more impressive than I expected it to be. And that actually solves a lot of these problems where we said already is like, this could potentially even be something for service providers where they just actually buy a, a bunch of these kits. And if they need to up, if they need to bring a customer online, just ship these satellite dishes to the customer and say, it's like, yeah. here's your 150 megabits up, uh, downstream and 50 megabits upstream that should bring us here to what we need. But yeah, yeah. So, so that's one part out of it. Um, anyway, so Toby, do you have any questions? 
You are so uh -huh. silent today. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not, because I'm absolutely fine with this. What you are saying, especially as as mentioned before, what really is here a big advantage is also the replication cloud to cloud. Uh, I was involved in the project you was talking before, <laughs> or you mentioned before, with the with the funny NSXT setup. Um, so from my side, everything fine, as as mentioned before, uh, or as already heard. Also, what is really, really, really impressive from uh, uh, cloud availability is that you have an easy setup on both sides, on-prem, but also on, on, on cloud director side. This just deployment of, of uh, OVAs and then set it up and have it up and running. Yeah, maybe I just start here. Uh, Toby, thank you for this feedback. Uh, believe me, in the beginning was a nightmare, but we I spent know. a lot of I know. <laughs> spent a lot of, of, of effort on that, and we now have uh, in four zero no in four one we have the stock code initial wizard. So you just deploy the appliances and you just go on one URL and configure everything uh, on on one place. And we are even thinking a little bit more uh, in the future about that. And we also. Uh, have internal ideas uh, about something we call um, uh, unattended install. So you you deploy the appliance and you end up with configured so-called combined appliance that can have everything in one VM. And at point that, uh, but the idea is that you can just push it and uh, just with few um, uh, inputs like the you know the, the credentials and some uh, system uh, information then you have up, up and running VCDA, this is an idea. And after that, for example, you start using this uh, this VCDA instance and you get at some point, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 uh, replications. Then we recommend you, oh, uh, we see that you're using this, uh, this tool, uh, but in order to use it uh, as more efficient in production, uh, you just can you know, deploy additional appliances, like the additional replicators, then a, a manager, do you want to do that? And just uh, clicking a button and we spin off uh, another appliances for you, the, the necessary two replicators and a manager, and you just continue work. So we think of even much more easy experience from the providers because you know the provider is a little bit more complex, uh, yet it is very easy, but we also think about just through some very small and easy steps to, uh, you know, uh, to spin up everything and uh, just to be ready to go. And on-prem, I will not comment. It's just, you know, deploy one appliance. It's really, really, really straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and for 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 the migrations, just to complete one other story, I will not mention the customer, but it was a very interesting story from uh, from our experience. They came to the directly to the engineering of course, through I think it was PS organization that uh, that contact us, but uh, this was a telco, uh, and I can imagine that the networks there are you know great. <laughs> this is uh, some uh, some telco provider. They had uh, they should have a very very good networks, uh, and it was the case. And uh, when we discussing the use case, they wanted to migrate some legacy platform uh, to a new uh, new VCD based uh, uh, infrastructure. Uh, and yeah, they asked about the live migration and we said, okay, uh, give us the use case. What will you gain? Is it a real, real need that some of these VMs have to, to move live? Is it a, something that, I don't know, a customer is using right now and you cannot stop it for, I don't know, two, three minutes because it's you have a great network. The migration, even we calculated everything for with them together. It seems that they can have a really, really uh, small down, downtime migrating pretty much a thousand or something VMs. Uh, and it turned out that it's, uh, you know, it's doable and they, they, and they basically did it uh, without any live migration. But for sure there are use cases, I'm sure there are some VMs that if we can migrate it uh, without, uh, uh, without stopping it, it will, be, it will be great. So yeah, this is uh, on, on that uh, pretty much, uh, maybe just one, one other thing I, I, I uh, because to be a set about NSX, uh, funny uh, installations. Now with the new and modern VCD versions, I think we have a really great integration with NSX, specifically with T. Uh, and we also leverage that. I mean, VCDA uh, 4.1 is leveraging all the, sorry, 4.2, uh, is leveraging all the APIs that we have from VCD that integrates uh, the NSX T and if you go through the workflow, uh, Nikolai had a really great videos about that. 
uh, how easy is it for you to just create this L2 tunnel? Because why we did, uh, the, the, there are two reasons for us to do this L2 stretch. One is first to enable the migration much more easy and seamless. And the second one is we had a lot of feedback from customers that they mess up their NSXT setup and then after that, they cannot do anything with the with the tunnel. They cannot. Uh, uh, they uh, have to redeploy, for example, some uh, network edge, or they have to do uh, again from from scratch everything on the network side. And we decided, okay, maybe we should have a, at least some much more easy and automated way with an understandable uh, interface. You can go and configure everything and have much more better degree of certainty that this will succeed. And uh, Basically, I show that um, video and I get the product to one of the customers uh, that we very uh, often work with. And he said, oh, this is great. I'm not a network admin, but I, I managed to, to do that myself, which was a great feedback. And I hope that many, many customers will also uh, try this L2 stretch and use it for, for their migration. For their migration, yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, and I think the team coming back to the um, the user experience, uh, the team from the cloud director availability perspective has done an incredible job of thinking through the intuitive nature of the product, right? You know, from the deployment steps to ease of migration and protection to, you know, providing this level of self-service ability from vSphere and the cloud director plugin I think it is unparalleled to any other product in the marketplace that has direct integration into VCD, right? And I think that's the most important thing that we're seeing in the field is how do we provide a level of self-serviceability to migrate workloads and protect workloads between sites without the service provider coming in and intervening? or doing some manual stuff, right, uh, on that. How do we provide the ability for an end user to really accomplish what they need to do? And I think that's why we're seeing, you know, continued success with the product. And Vlad and the team also listening to our providers and saying, okay, what can we do next? What can we actually continue to layer on, on top of that, right? And yeah. 3.0 was the turning point. Uh, for the product, right? I mean, that was the big thing. I mean, it, you know, initial releases of, you know, vCloud availability were tough. And, you know, I think the team took a step back and said, how do we, you know, really think about the user experience first and architecture, obviously, and then really reshape that conversation on that. And I think, you know, the team has done a great job and you know, I supported them, you know, throughout that initial uh, release, which was fun, you know, from my perspective. A lot of, a lot of bumps. Thank you, Daniel, for the great <laughs> words. Uh, and yeah, just to maybe add two things here, we, which are very important. Uh, I fully agree that uh, even now in the couple of releases, I can say that maybe 70 to 80% of the features are coming from customer feedback. I mean, we go and ask the customers and this is, I think, the key for us to, to move forward because we want to build something that uh, the customer can use. We, uh, we, you know, we can build something that is really great on the technical side, but if nobody uses it and it's hard to use it, it's no point. So that's why we also uh, switched our mindset to start and really go. And we have a lot of uh, customer calls. We have a small team uh, dedicated to have a customer engagement and helping them succeed. And uh, uh, for sure, we uh, we will happy to work with you guys if you have a, a project that um, that needs some VCDA support. Uh, feel free to contact me. This team is working with us, and uh, we can help. But the other important thing is, um, Daniel said that it's easy and it, the the user experience is great. And we are now doing something uh, further in terms of also marketing. And uh, I don't know if you saw that the new vSphere seven versions. Uh, they have a pre-installed VCDA plugin. Uh, we call it internally a stub plugin, but basically this plugin is, um, the idea is hopefully in the future to have uh, more and more features and more and more um, services out there like a, a mini marketplace for our VCPP partners. But the idea is that we, in every, we want in every VCD, 
sorry, in every vSphere deployment out there uh, to promote the vSPP program, to have a list of uh, your local providers. Now, if you go and uh, and you are, for example, in Canada, you can see most probably uh, the, the top three Canada providers out there. If you're in Germany, uh, you'll see the, some German providers there. You can then click on directly from your vSphere. You can click on the banner for this provider, go to their website, uh, ch uh, check their offering, subscribe for a service. And after that, you can download the real VCDA appliance. And after you install it, you get the real plugin where you can then do some actions and protect workloads. So definitely all the integration points with vSphere, not only with vCDA, with vCDA we have a really, really tight relationship. Now even we are building our next products uh, even much more tightly integrated with vCD, but also vSphere because tenants, I think the majority of the customers, yeah, the provider is the, the, the one who is running the service, but if we can have a seamless and easy use on the tenant side, and as Daniel said, either through a self-service uh, offering, or also we have the ability, the provider to, head, to handle everything. I mean, if the provider wants to manage everything, he can do that with VTA. Uh, and the same way, if the tenant wants to do it himself, he can do it. So this is the, you know, we want not to break that uh, and don't regress this functionality because this is important. We can cover both, um, you know, managed from the cloud provider service or you are self-serviced, you want to do it yourself, you can do it yourself. Mm. You, you, you talked very early about the fact that uh, you now have CDS integration or short ahead, or I, I think I've seen the beta already. So um, mm -hmm. um, so it should be the question which was raised by, by one of the providers I talked to is that's great, but um, it the challenge is that within CDS and VMC, I'm bound to the storage which I have on the VMC side, and that's very expensive because I'm basically putting backups on NVMe um, storage. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> Any plans to actually get something where uh, VCDA would actually pump the data more towards S3 versus uh, directly into VMC? Yep. Uh, for sure, we already have a working um, group within the team that is uh, exploring the option to have S3 as a target. So the idea is that uh, maybe not only CDS is the case. I guess some, uh, I already had at least five or six calls with the customers that they already have their S3. I mean, they have their S3 uh, storages uh, all, all over Europe, uh, specifically in, in Scandinavian customers, I see that they have a lot of S3 instances. And they said, if I can provide, for example, the, the ability for a tenant to protect mission critical on my uh, high-end tier storage, then some middle tier on, on some you know uh, spinning disks, and then something that is uh, uh, retention is, I don't know, for years, or that can be uh, you know, stored and uh, do uh, uh, or just used for a backups. I, I just want VCDA to, to be able to move it to, uh, to S3. So definitely we are looking into this. Uh, and believe me, I think this is much more, from my perspective, it seems to be much more uh, useful uh, use case and something that uh, the, the provider will leverage much more than the live migration because this way they can have a whole spectrum of their storage utilized for both protection or migrations. So definitely we are also uh, working on S3 integration. And yeah, because, it definitely will leverage uh, CDS for sure. Le CDS users can leverage that. And because I can foresee, I, I over the last, I would say three to six months as the discussions we have with service providers have changed a bit. More and more service providers are looking into at least burst out or other scenarios towards VMC. And I know at least the, the people from Google are heavily working, trying to build something similar as well. Um, and um, so that they wanna have and capabilities so that they can actually offer, especially these services, because they don't necessarily, they in some scenarios, they can't grow at the moment. So I have service providers who just said, it's like our biggest challenges, we just don't get any servers. So we need to find a new way because we have customers to onboard and we just don't get any hardware. Um, and others are there who say, it's like, look, we are basically offering DR services and we wanna do DR from our cloud. And I think one was in the Midwest of the US. They said, it's like, we currently maintain multiple data centers for this. 
And in general, all of these data centers are just generating hot air um, because only yep. one of them is really active. And they were looking, and that was the point where we started to investigate a bit into scenarios like can we use VCDA and a few other solutions. And we relatively quickly figured out that there is basically no real solution for that at the moment. Because yes, there are some of the commercial vendors who have something, but they all are so far away from real, real multi-tenancy that they are completely useless for this solution. Because that's what people very often completely underestimate and um, the, the complexity of multi-tenancy and how important it is. And to yep. be realistic, when we see the current uh, also security um, scenarios overall in the, in the complete IT industry, it's more and more important that multi-tenancy is really implemented in a thorough way and not just something is like, yeah, yeah, we tech them so that we know who belongs where. It's like the pure imagination that some service providers just get, get hijacked some of their backup storages or something else just because it's not a real multi-tenant solution. And one of their customers actually gets in, in, infected by something. Some of these scenarios are just horrible to, to think through uh, because most likely that will be the last step on their business uh, life cycle. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. And so, so, so I think that's where having a possibility from within the VMware ecosystem to offer something towards the cloud, because I know we have also the VMware disaster recovery offering, um, but that's not necessarily something which providers are looking into because they want to still operate it afterwards. They want to be in full control, in full management and everything else. And VCDA is much more near to them. And it's also because it's it's actually solving multiple problems. It's like it, it's bringing their customers into the cloud in the first place, and then they can use it to actually move somewhere else, and uh, so so into um, into a secondary site, so that they have the backup and 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 all of that out of it. So I think that's that's good news that we hear that there is something coming towards uh, towards that direction um, as well. Um, in the future. The other thing um, is, as I, I, I got an answer, which I didn't expect that there is already something that much in the work. Um, the other answer is, or the other question is, what I got from a service provider lately is, is did anyone think already about a scenario where I can just actually click, I wanna have customer ABC replicated into this other data center and it would automatically create everything on the other side because currently I still need to create the org, org VDC and everything else on the secondary side. Did anyone already think about a, uh, like a like a quick fix button is like get this customer over to the other side? Yeah, definitely. This is, uh, we call it internally uh, like a, you migrate the whole org. I mean, I have my org, I'm customer A with my org in, in my VCD and I want this whole structure with everything, with the workloads, with everything to move from site A to site B. Uh, so definitely VCDA uh, is, we internally in the team also have that as a, as a definitely a good roadmap, a roadmap item. And we are thinking how we can do that because we, Pretty much have everything. We have uh, uh, all the integrations, integration points with VCD. Uh, we we pretty much have the the capability to move the workloads, and the idea is how we can orchestrate that. And uh, in the maybe I it's a future looking thing. In the next releases, you will see some directions uh, on that. Even in the very soon release that we will ship, uh, hopefully in the end of the year, uh, we will have some. Uh, some features for in, in that direction. But yeah, the, the ultimate idea is to click a button on that org and say migrate or evacuate or whatever we define the, 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 the workflow. But basically, yes, we are thinking on that. And for sure, this is a great use case uh, that can basically leverage, uh, basically provide uh, a good value for the uh, for not only maintenance, but I guess also for workload mobility uh, between the sites of, uh, of a provider. So for sure, yeah, we are looking into this option. You want to um, well build some steps towards this full automation right now. Um, there are um, tools available that can help with that. I'm specifically yep. looking at the Terraform yep. provider because yep. that allows you to, um, with the Terraform well, resources concept, the, and the data resources concept that allows you to like read an existing environment, like an existing organization with all its configuration into uh, a, um, 
Terraform file, a text file, and then apply that same configuration on a destination site to rebuild um, pretty much the whole structure. It's, of course, not going to replicate any um, of the uh, of the virtual machines because that's uh, yeah not part of that infrastructure mm -hmm. as code concept of Terraform. But for the um, let's say the organizational structure and RPDC structures and so on, um, that might be a good starting point. Yeah, for sure, York, and that's this is the direction, by the way, that we are looking. We started some Terraform uh, research and how we can use that. Uh, also, we have uh, our Terraform extension uh, for uh, from coming from VMware. So definitely, we will uh, look into this option, and maybe the Terraform is the the way to go. Uh, but for sure, yeah, uh, this should be a combination. It, it's a kind of a bigger orchestration task, so that you can uh, move all these. Um, uh, metadata and all this information that the org has, and then the workloads, so that you can have a seamless um, uh, failover on the de on the destination and everything to you know power up and be the same way as you have it in in your original site. But yeah, we're looking definitely if for for such kind of functionality. That's that's definitely great to hear because that's that's I think it's it's important for people because that's that's one of the things at the moment which is still I don't think it's complex but it feels like that VCDA has become so easy for everybody as people come up with all of these crazy ideas now before I mean all of those who have been using VCDA before version three. Uh, they are not demanding anything like that. They are just happy that it just now works out of the box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It, it's more than you want. It's like, okay, it was easy to set up. So why doesn't it do ABC? It's like, easy. It's like, we are happy that we are where we are. <laughs> but good. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we start to mature and for sure some of the, uh, of the use cases that can be easily done and can bring the value is definitely now the focus of the team. Yeah, you're right. In the beginning, it was, you are happy that it's running, but now definitely it's it comes a time for a much more interesting uh, functionalities and scenarios. Good. Um, as I think we could continue for, for, for a long period, but um, as we are getting um, more or less to the end, we have VMworld just around the corner, um, just one more week. It's actually starts next Tuesday, I think. So I better actually get this recording out relatively quickly. Otherwise, it sounds weird if we talk about next Tuesday if we have got Yeah, um, for I, <laughs> from yeah, there, is, yeah. there is still chances to sign up. Um, and um, I would say it's like, as, as always, I'm definitely going to look forward to some of the um, some of the cloud sessions I have seen, currently I'm looking a lot into CDS anyway, so I'm definitely looking into, into some of the CDS sessions, but maybe we do a little quick round um, of, um, of what are the things you are looking for or what are sessions you wanna actually promote or, or talk about what people should actually definitely from a service provider perspective look at, I, I have seen Eric Stein is actually doing a few things and uh, Daniel, I'm pretty sure you have slots as well. So you can shamelessly self-promote your sessions. <laughs> Same for you, Jörg. So, so who and wants Nikolai to- Nikolai has also a session, so he yeah, can- Nikolai has a Nikolai, yeah, then it's yeah. also self-promoting for you. <laughs> yeah. So Nikolai, it's your time turn now. You haven't talked anything, so get people to come to your session during VMworld, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Nicolai, okay. what do you do? Um, I know you're doing a VCDA so session. What are you covering? Yeah, I have uh, actually there are uh, live demos in the demo zone uh, that are uh, covering exactly the tenant flow uh, in terms of migration to CDS and migration to VCD back cloud. So we have both uh, covered and uh, the, the full cycle uh, shown like the deployment of the uh, appliance, uh, pairing it to the cloud or to CDS, and then uh, performing a migration with all the extra capabilities in the failover, changing the network settings and stuff. So all this is uh, covered in the uh, demo zone. Uh, just search for uh, migrations to uh, cloud director or to cloud director service, and you'll be able to find it. Great, excellent. Sounds like a plan. Um, Kirill, you haven't talked much in the session or uh, Flat didn't give you much chance to. <laughs> so Kirill, do you have anything which you would say someone should definitely look for during VMworld this year? 
Except well, for the stuff. <laughs> what more can I say after that? I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's really, really nice that that uh, we we came up to, to that point at which, at which we are at, at the moment. Uh, we're maturing. We're, uh, we have a lot of things in our roadmap that uh, we just wait for us. <laughs> you will see <laughs> what's coming. Okay. Handing over to Jörg. You definitely um, have yeah. something in the back pocket. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so besides the um, well, the VCDA um, demos, we have a whole bunch of other demos in the VMware Cloud pa uh, Provider Partner demo zone. Um, exciting stuff, tenant app monitoring as a service, and a lot of new functionality around Kubernetes as a service. And um, I also want to point out to the uh, Meet the Expert sessions. Um, so if you have these um, access to the um, Meet the Expert sessions, that's a pretty um, good schedule of people where you can meet with some of my colleagues and um, other folks from the team to really, um, yeah, get some interactive, um, I think, Zoom sessions. Daniel? Yeah, um, the only other thing I want to call out is I know Bob and is it Francisco's doing a VCDA, like lessons learned architecture session? Is that correct, Bob? Yeah, Bob and uh, Fernando. Fernando, I'm sorry. Fernando. Yeah. Yep, yeah, from these guys PSO. are doing those. Yep, yeah, from PSO, they are doing, a, again, a great session. Uh, and for sure, it's, again, VCDA and uh, mostly architecture and uh, what you should expect from the product. Yeah, both of those gentlemen are awesome. And so they've been, obviously, neck deep in deployments and design. So um, definitely take a look at their session. Um, well, you know, you're gonna everybody's gonna see announcements probably right when this comes out. Um, but you know, the big thing that you're gonna see, and I've been focusing a lot about, is our um, regulated clouds on that and sovereign clouds. And so, and then you're gonna see a lot of messaging, a lot of um, focus on that, and how we can enable our cloud provider partners uh, to provide a regulated cloud service uh, based off of data sovereignty. And so I think that that's an interesting um, addition and you're gonna see more and more focus on that um, as time progresses. So I'm looking forward to that beyond every, what everybody else has commented on VMworld. Vlad, what do you have to, to add to the list once? Well, I definitely I'm with you. If I saw a lot of interesting CDS sessions, uh, for sure I will uh, will uh, attend those. Uh, VCDA one, of course. Uh, this is our product. We believe in it, and we definitely uh, should uh, do our best for promoting it. And also another interesting, uh, how to say, sessions will be around the migrations for NSX V2T. I think this is another hot topic currently. I see some of the customers are already evolving and trying to move to NSXT, but this process will take time. And I think that in these sessions, I hope to hear some also uh, interesting customer stories and feedbacks. Yeah. This is what will be interesting for me, the, the V2T, because, you know, I mean, this the future and when you move. <laughs> is he currently switching from B to T? <laughs> Vlad, we're, we're, you're stuck in mid-sentence. <laughs> you don't run the migration wire. Vlad, you were just stuck in the middle of a sentence. We were asking yeah. whether you are currently migrating B to T while you are doing this. Yeah, most probably my, uh, you know, VeloCloud. <laughs> routers decided to <laughs> to stuck but yeah for sure it's uh the migration from v2t is something very interesting and i as i said many customers are now going into this journey and for me it will be interesting to hear feedback from from those guys good toby yeah the same as mentioned as uh, at the moment from flat have a look at the migration from nsx v2t all of the sessions which are there uh, are really interesting uh yeah because time is ticking we need to migrate nsxv to nsxt as soon as possible yeah and just uh, i mean we did a recording on this if you have never watched it or heard it before go on either the podcast sessions or the youtube channel 
and look it up again. The most important part is it's not a point and click migration. You need to first think about how you are going to network design with T just as a, as a quick plug and reach out to people who can help you. Uh, calendars are filling up. Um, good. Um, yeah, I said something around VMworld. I'm going to put a registration link um, in the show notes as well. Uh, beside that, there are a lot of sponsors to uh, visit as well. A few of the service providers are going to be there at VMworld. I'm not going to point out individual ones, but I'm going to do a shameless plug. Comdivision has a booth there as well. Um, come and visit us. We have a funny video and a few other things um, out there. So um, I'm happy to see you there. And, for, uh, and we should be there for chat um, uh, communications as well. I'm not sure who you are going to catch up with, but one of us should actually be there as well. With that being said, I would say um, we have filled our time window um, um, well enough. Um, for me, it's time to say goodbye, and then I'm going to, to send round to the group uh, so that everybody can make their last statement and uh, say goodbye as well. So goodbye. I hope to see you all at VMworld and on our next show, which we are going to record end of October then, and then we will recap most likely just all the good stuff from VMworld. Handing over to Jörg. Uh, yeah, also looking forward to VMworld and to the next show because there's a lot of new stuff to discuss. <laughs> and Daniel. Looking forward to next week's uh, VMworld. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of exciting things um, that are coming up in the Cloud Prairie space. Uh, in, if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate on the Cloud Director availability. Reach out to any of these people uh, on the call. Um, you know, I think they're willing to have a conversation on it. And there's a lot of open collateral uh, to look at and really show the power of it. Vlad, pass it to you. Yeah. Thank you again for the opportunity and uh, having me uh, on this uh, session. I'm really looking for the next sessions you guys are doing, really great. And for sure, uh, VMworld is a great event and uh, I'm also thrilled to see what's, uh, what uh, new stuff will, will come there. And yeah, take care all and thank you again. So maybe to Kirill. Sorry, folks, I have a problem with my mic. Uh, okay, so uh, really, really thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to, to be here with you folks. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to, uh, to next week's event. So probably see you, see you folks over there. Nikolai? Yep, uh, so everybody enjoy VMworld and stay tuned with uh, our uh, blog and YouTube channels to see all the new stuff that, uh, that we're publishing as uh, there are a lot of things uh, to come out soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you and goodbye.